Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the First in Orange podcast. This is Denver Post sports writer Kyle Newman, joined by my colleague Ryan O'Halloran by phone in studio. And the Broncos already making moves. A.J. Boye, uh, cornerback, trading, trade uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And obviously uh, you've, you've covered this guy, Ryan. Um, immediate thoughts here to open the podcast on the Broncos' first big move of the offseason. Yeah, and it is a big move. Um, and my thoughts start with, okay, they're better at corner than they were at the end of last year with AJ. little background on Boye, undrafted free agent, signs with Houston, makes the team, takes advantage of his opportunity, signs with a free agent uh, with the Jaguars. 2017, my last year in Jacksonville was his first. He had a sensational year. He had six interceptions, made the Pro Bowl. That team went to the AFC title game. It's going to turn 29 in August, and just talking to a couple people in the league today, they feel that Boye is a good fit for Big Fangio's scheme, which stresses zone coverage. You know, keep everything in front of you, try and get interceptions that way, and that's the key point. Boye has Boye has 14 interceptions in his career. Last year, the Broncos had one interception from a full-time corner, one, and they only had 10 as a team. So they needed to find ways to create more takeaways. And they feel Boye, with two years left on his deal, uh, definitely checks that box. Now, Ryan, uh, as your story online, DenverPost.com slash Broncos points out, trade can't be officially completed announced until March 18th, the first day of the league year. That's when we'll be uh, hearing officially from the Broncos. But you got to, you know, admire the craftiness here by John Elway. If you remember back to October, you know, he shipped off an unhappy Emmanuel Sanders to San Francisco. And now they're sending Jacksonville uh, that fourth round selection they acquired uh, in that trade. And they still have a fit pick in both the first and second and three third rounders. So still loaded with draft picks. And then uh, using that Emmanuel Sanders uh, draft pick trade to complement this one. Yeah, yeah. When you have as many picks as they do in the first four rounds, you really can have it both ways. You can use majority of those picks to go young, refill your depth chart, but also if you see a veteran out there that you feel is a good fit, you can uh, tr- you know trade one of those picks without hurting your cupboard uh, that that much. And you know the, the fact that Boye was able to be traded for for just a fourth round pick. You don't want to call it a total salary dump by the Jaguars, but they were tight against the cap. They need to make a lot of moves. This creates nine and a half million for them, so I think it's a it's a it's a win win for both sides. And you know the, the key question after you know the, it, it, just a clerical matter on the on the trade won't become official until March 18th, the first day of the league year. Bronco fans will remember same thing happened last year with Joe Flacco. They did that deal in early February, had to sit on it for six weeks. Right, but. The key question on Boye is, what does this mean for Chris Harris? You know, several, uh, you know, I, I could sort of see, Kyle, you're driving back to the airport. I could sort of see the Denver media mafia mobilizing and saying this is it for Chris Harris. But I was told, hey, that door is still open. Here's why it's still open. They have money to re-sign him if they want. If they, But what it does, what Boye does is it allows them, the Broncos, to set a price point on Chris Harris. You know, they're not painted into a corner. Say, hey, well, we got to get him back. we got to go up to $15 million a year. You know, I still think it's probably more likely than not that Chris moves on. But the Broncos are not done at corner because they need another body. Because right now, Bryce Callahan is scheduled to play the nickel again this year. 
but he's coming off a foot injury. So, you know, I wouldn't rule out C.J. Henderson at number 15 from Florida to go to the Broncos. I wrote about him in Saturday's paper. So I, I don't think they're done at corner, nor should they be. Yeah, it was uh, interesting to see, like you said, the media mafia mobilize or attempt to mobilize. And then uh, Chris Harris weighing in a little bit, too, with some uh, eye emojis. And they might have to see me now, is what he says on Twitter shortly after uh, the well, news of the trade broke. You see Tyrion Matthew from the Chiefs. You know, the recruiting has begun. Right. <laughs> and, I mean, when it, during this past year, when Chris Harris talked about the future, he's won a championship. But he wants to win another one. Uh, the Chiefs would be a great fit, but so would a lot of teams that are, are ready to win now. You know, Dallas could replace him. Uh, in, you know, for the departed Byron Jones. So Chris Harris is going to have options, uh, but it's uh, you know the, the, you can see the Broncos are moving further and further away from that last championship team. If Chris Harris doesn't resign, if the decision to bring Derek Wolf back. You know, turns to just say, "Hey, Derek, thanks for your service." You know, just be Von Miller. So, you know, a change into the guard is currently underway on this Bronco defense, and that's what should happen when you haven't made the playoffs for four straight years. Like you said, Ryan, uh, cornerback could be added to further by the Broncos in the upcoming draft. Uh, even with this trade in place, Bryce Callahan, kind of a question mark health-wise, he missed all of last year. He's undergone a second operation after damaging the hardware in that surgically repaired foot. So, Broncos hoping he'll be back. And full strength beyond that, they got uh, Bouye, Callahan, Isaac Yadam, Devonta Harris, and Duke Dawson uh, on the on the payroll yeah, right now. And you know they're going to be you know, they're going to be paying the secondary a lot of money. But here's how I defend that: you have Locke, Reisner, Fant, Lindsey, all these guys on their rookie deals. Garrett Bowles still on his rookie deal. That allows you some immediate flexibility to splurge on a guy. Uh, you know, maybe they sign one or two free agents on the defensive line to have them have very you know large 2020 cap numbers because that's that's what it allows you to do. When those guys come up, then you can move on from some of your defensive guys. So it's uh, it's a good bit of bookkeeping, but take advantage of the fact you're starting quarterback. And your running back, and your number one receiver, and your tight end, and your left guard, and your left tackle are all on rookie deals. In right. addition to Bradley Chubb, who is your best overall player, right. so I think that's where it makes financial sense. Um, is that hey? Spend it while you got it. Again, folks, first in Orange podcast, Kyle Newman alongside Ryan O'Halloran just discussing the Broncos trade with Jacksonville uh, today on Tuesday. Moving on to the second segment of the show here. Uh, you were just at the, the Combine, obviously, all last week, Ryan. Long, day, long days in Indianapolis to make for a long week overall, but... What were your general takeaways? You know, what players really, really shined at that combine and maybe turned the heads of Vic and, and John Elway? Well, the receivers had a dynamite reputation going into the combine and they delivered. Uh, I think Henry Ruggs with a 429-40, he should be a great fit for the Broncos if they go that route at number 15. Uh, that said, the decision Don John Elway, Vic Fangio, Pat Shermer, Matt Russell have to make is, hey, there's 25 receivers in the first and second round. After the top three or four, is everybody else pretty much the same? Can they get the same caliber of guy in the second round as they could at number 15 or be a trade down? So I think that's going to be a, a, a cool subplot is, you know, where do these receivers fit in at night one? You know, then also, you know, the Broncos are poking around on, on rookie running backs, guys in the draft. You know, J.K. Dobbins, A.J. Dillon from Boston College, Dobbins from Ohio State. You know, they just haven't seen enough from Royce Freeman, and they feel that they 
you know, they may feel like they need a veteran or a rookie to join forces with Philip Lindsay, carry some of that load, let Philip be more of a, you know, be more active in the passing game, but also still stay healthy for the duration of the season. And, you know, the last point is they're looking at a lot of offensive linemen. You know, Shane Lemieux, a left guard from Oregon, started 52 games. He met with the Broncos last week. He could easily be drafted in the second round, slide him over to right guard. you got two guys there at guard for the next decade. Uh, so those are my major takeaways. And, you know, you sort of felt like when you're there, Byron Jones' asking price was going to be too big. And it turns out that probably was the case for the Broncos' liking. And that, uh, that had to play a lot into making the move for Boyer. Well, and Ryan, so draft aside, lots of decisions for the Broncos with uh, players on expiring deals, uh, free agency, et cetera. But we do know that they are probably going to tag Justin Simmons. I mean, what goes into that decision for John Elway there? Well, he's a foundation player. Uh, he's a guy that Vic Baggio feels he can build that uh, secondary around at safety. He can be a versatile player. He, he, he picked a good year to have his best year. Justin and did. and so, hasn't missed a snap in two years. So that helps yeah. too, right? You know, you can have ability, but the best ability is availability. And, uh, you know, he can be counted on to do that. You know, you take him now, you keep him under club control, and it gives you a lot of time to work on a long-term deal. My guess is that the Broncos and his agent, Todd France, are going to say, okay, if we do a four-year deal, the first two years are basically going to be the franchise values, if not a little more. So, I mean, you could be looking at a four-year, you know, 48, 49, 50 million dollar deal. First two years are guaranteed. So, Justin Simmons wants to be here. The Broncos want us, want him to uh, stay here. So, you know, I think that'll be worked out in due time. After that, you don't hear a lot of chatter about them talking to their own free agents. The only other guy John Elway mentioned last week was Connor McGovern, their starting center. Right. You know, Derek Wolf, Chris Harris. I mean, Gossis is going to move on. Devontae Booker is going to move on. But you know, it's, uh, you can see, you know, I talked about it with the last part of the podcast. You know, this team is segueing into a new era with new players, and that could be uh, moving on from a lot of their uh, guys who finished their careers here last year. Yeah, Justin Simmons definitely going to be one of those linchpins going forward. The uh, third round pick in 2016 out of Boston College has since become a really important player on the field, in the locker room, and definitely in the community too. Uh, Walter Payton, man of the year, finalist for the Broncos this past season. So he'll get the franchise tag. And uh, before we close out the show, Ryan, let's do a little free agency chatter. Uh, Who to keep, who to pursue. We talked about a little bit about who to keep before, but there's, there's lots of names still out on the market. Uh, you mentioned Byron Jones, the Dallas cornerback. He's probably off the table now, I'd imagine, um, with the trade with Jacksonville. But you know, what free agents, what big-name ones maybe make sense in your eyes, and, and what trades, perhaps, further trades, would make sense for this Broncos team? Well, they still got those three third-round picks, but to me that would mean Stephon Diggs, the Minnesota receiver, still play. Rick Spielman, the Vikings GM, say, oh, we're not interested in doing that. Well, it wasn't exactly if the phone rings, we're not going to pick it up. Um, so that would be one. Uh, but defensive lineman, let's say you are moving off from Wolf, you're moving off from Godsis, you're moving off from Shelby Harris, who isn't going to fit what they feel is makes sense financially. Uh, DJ Reader from Houston, you've seen his name out there. I'll throw Michael Brockers, the Rams defensive lineman. I think he could be an option. Then you tender Mike Purcell as an RFA, maybe try and get something done with him on a two-year deal. 
you know, Joe Schobert, the Cleveland linebacker, is going to hit the market, has a ton of tackles. But is $10 million too much for an inside linebacker? Probably so. And then, you know, uh, you know, we talked about them poking around the corner market a little bit more. Prince of Bukamara played for Vic Fangio in Chicago. He's been cut. They can sign him tomorrow if they want. Uh, problem is, Boye doesn't play inside. Prince doesn't play inside. So I think you got to maybe go after a guy, if it's not Chris, Chris Harris, who has the ability to cover that slot receiver in case Callahan isn't fully available. Again, folks, first in Orange podcast, Kyle Newman alongside Ryan O'Halloran. Appreciate you listening in to the show. Be sure to head to DenverPost.com slash Broncos for continued coverage of the team throughout the offseason. Until next time, folks, take it easy.